bless you. This is the God Family Country Radio Show Plus, and uh, it's grateful for us to, uh, to be here. I'm Pastor Kurt. Uh, in studio with me is my great buddy, Pat Coyle, and and uh, we typically take the opportunity to talk about some different things yeah. that's happening on the right. show, but we had something special when we were coming back from a Bible study uh, right. uh, this last week. Um, I was saying, hey, you know, what are you thinking about for uh, for a show? And you said? Well, basically, I said, does God control all aspects of time and space and matter and people, or do we truly have what we would say free will? In other words, he's ju- is he just letting us run wild or, you know? I think that's a great topic for a lot of people because Christians themselves are are having a problem with They're it. I think people in general, yeah. they look at it and they go, uh, well, what are we? Are we robots and all that? No, Meat you're, puppets. You're, right. Yeah. Let's talk about free will, though, just for a second. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because I want to get to your topic because I think that's the real topic here. But when it comes to free will, uh, free will has only to do with sin. Would you agree? Free will. The only person that I know that truly had free will was Adam prior to the fall. Prior to the fall. Right. Yeah. He was. In, he was in a sinless state. Well, he was he was in a perfect state. He was in a perfect state. He was exact. Yeah. It was good, right? And especially when Eve came along. Now the two were one, right? And they were operating as God intended man and woman to operate, right? And they whatever they decided at that state was good, but he made one prohibition, right? And he said, the day you violate that prohibition, you will die. And that is what happened. And everybody since then, and in fact, look at the next. Every single one of us, these uh, uh, heathens have been doing that for ever ever since that time period. And and if you look at the next generation, Cain, the eldest, and Abel. Now, people would say, well, Abel chose to do what God wanted. You're right. Mm-hmm. Obedience to the commands of God. Sure. God has a still a standing command. He he now says, because you have sinned, mm-hmm. I have made a prohibition. In fact, the first death, if you will, after sin after Adam in the garden, right? That God slaughtered an animal, how did they get the skins? That's exactly right. And he showed them what was necessary now in order for them to cover that sin. Right. Again, they tried fig leaves, and that wasn't enough. God had to cover the sin. Without the shedding of blood, Hebrews tells us, there is no remission of sin. And what did uh, what did Cain do? He brought the fruit, the cursed fruit from a cursed earth now. Right. But yet the Abel brought a more acceptable sacrifice, the blood that God had commanded to cover the sin. What did he tell Cain? Sin is lying at your door, but you must master this. Yes. Cain had no intention of mastering it. No, and that's right. And again, that's uh, we can get into election and a lot of other things of where they're going. But as we look at people today, when it comes to free will, it, it pertains specifically to sin, yeah. to sin nature. In other words, I know this is wrong, 
I know it's a sin, yep. but I'm going to go and do it anyways. Exactly. Uh, so, I'm free to sin as bad as I want to sin. Well, true. And, yeah. and, and for Christians, yes, it happens with us too. Yeah. Uh, we make decisions like that all the time. Right. And we want to say, well, we're sinless. We don't have, that's a bunch of baloney. You're, you're as sinful as you, as you were when you gave your life to Christ. Right. right. Um, but the, but the point here is, is that we're in a period of what's known as a uh, sanctification period. Yeah. We are learning and we are getting better and, and we're going to take, you know, three, four, 10 steps forward. We're going to take a couple steps back and we're going to, and we're going to keep doing that. It's not our desire to want to sin. Our desire is to be sinless, but the old man dies hard. And, uh, and the fact that, you know, people think that they're sinless now because they belong to Christ. Well, good luck with that. You need to spend a little bit more time reading your Bible. Right. But, uh, but the point here is, is that when it comes to free will, this is exactly what we're talking about. Free will is the free will to sin. Yeah. Of course, the consequences that come with that. But what you were talking about is you were talking about the controlling of steps, right? Uh, the, in other words, are we going to achieve on a daily basis, maybe a moment by moment basis? Are we going to achieve by, you know, a, a yearly basis? We are where we are because God has known absolutely everything be- about us. He says he knows the end from the beginning, right? Right. And he's telling us very clearly that there's nothing that we are doing that is not one out of his control and two that he has not already known that you were going to do. We operate. He says we operate within him. Him, He is everything. The spirit is guiding and leading everyone. And again, it goes back to the garden. So many people kind of, I believe, drop the ball. Cause, and I did for many years. Because uh-huh. you think of, okay, God creates this wonderful earth. Then he gets this great idea to create someone in his image. Right. Oh, wow. Real big problem. He fell. Oh, I've got to fix this. And it's you, you, you tend to look like, oh, well, God's constantly trying to fix what got broken. Mm-hmm. What if it was never about us from the beginning? What if God was creating it prior to God? I mean, there is nothing prior to God, right. but prior to the creation of the earth, what if God had decided his son was going to have a bride and his son was going to be a king, have a kingdom? Well, that's certainly- And then he begins to create everything with that in mind. I, I think that that... I think that even though we don't see that in right. the scriptures, I believe that that is very true. He had made a decision uh, for his only begotten son right. that there that there would be a bride. But what you're really talking about is predestination, and you're talking about uh, foreknowledge, right? We we call it, and in fact, those are pretty charged words, wouldn't you agree? When you say predestination, that automatically oh, well, drives, throws it, some it drives, people. It people. Like, oh, wait a minute! You t- you're telling me that. Uh, God has, uh, his, his says, I don't like you, but I love you. Right. Uh, wait a minute. No, it's just the opposite. That's right. Is we have told God we hate you because he says we're at enmity. Well, and we enmity are. means hatred. Yeah. We don't want God in our thinking. Yeah. Uh, we are dead in our trespasses. Exactly. But, uh, but here in, I was, I put, as we were thinking about this, I went to Romans, uh, the eighth chapter, starting at verse 28. Good chapter. Yeah. And this is what everybody the first verse, everybody sort of knows, but I doubt 
seriously, if many people spend much time reading the rest of that chapter, chapter verse 28. And we know that all things work to go, uh, work together for good to those who love God, uh, to those who are the called according to his purpose that already is starting to be right. a heart hot button. Uh, it, verse 29 for whom he foreknew. In other words, foreknow is yeah. the knowledge right. that he had. In other words, let's stop here for a second, Pat, just to talk about that. You know, there are people that think that God is watching us and, and, and he's making moves in front of us based upon the direction we're going to go where that is not the truth here. Right. The truth is, is that he, again, we'll use the verse. He knows the end from the beginning in Isaiah. And we, we understand that our path is being is being laid out for us. But here's what he tells us. Now, again, this is talking about our salvation and how that works, but but get let's read, read verse 29 again. For whom he foreknew, he being God, also predestined to be, to be conformed con- in the image of his son. Exactly. That they that it might be the firstborn among many brethren. And then Paul says, listen to this. He goes, he goes, moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called, whom he called, these he also justified, and whom he justified, these he also glorified. That's exactly right. And we can't escape this. We can't escape that. People believe that they have made a decision for Christ, and that's what qualifies them for the kingdom. That is... Uh, unfortunately, is going to lead many people to believe, you know, in fact, what what do we read in that Matthew basis, chapter 7? That basis of what you just said yeah. is exactly why I've been on the radio. I've been on the radio since 2006. I started with some Salem Communications, then mm, went to, uh, yeah. went to um, Alpha Media now with KTSA on conservative talk radio. This is the reason why I've done this is because of the mass deception that's happened in the church because there is a massive difference between the profession of one's faith and the possession of one's faith, right? Well, you know, when you were reading Romans, notice who is doing everything. It is God that does the choosing. It's God that does the sanctifying. It's God that does everything. We are the recipients of grace. We did not do it. We didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. God didn't look. He says, I looked at the whole earth and behold, no one. There's none righteous. If we go back in Romans in the third chapter, all have sinned and fallen short of God. No one qualified to be uh, to be God, you know, for God to come down and say, hey, listen, you're a special guy. I see what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to help you now. Yeah, yeah. Now now I'm going to step in and maybe yeah. make a couple things happen for you. That's not how it works. No. In fact, where does God say in the scripture, hey, listen, why don't you make a decision? Make a public profession. And, you know, people have used that verse. Oh, if I, you know, confess with my mouth and believe with my heart, I'm going to be saved. And that is true. But where did the believe in your heart come from? Yeah. If the heart is desperately wicked and dead in sin, somehow, that's why God says we must be born again. That's correct. And where does the bur- born from above is the actual in the Greek. Mm-hmm. You've got to be born from above. In fact, that's where Nicodemus was. What, is it, what are you talking about? 
And Jesus said, you're a teacher of Israel and you don't know what I'm talking about right. here. Yeah. And yet Jesus, Jesus expected him to understand that back in Jeremiah, I'm going to have to give you a new heart. One of taking out the heart of stone and giving you a heart of flesh. He should have known these things, right? But he goes on to explain that which is flesh is flesh. And what does he say? Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Right. So something has to happen from above. Something first. has to happen. And the way I've always described it, you've heard it probably, you're, you're sick of hearing it. You've heard it so many times. But I use the idea of the, that the inside of us, we can't touch it, but there's a light switch. Yeah. And the light switch is off. Right. Right. And uh, the Holy Spirit comes upon us. And, and again, it's just an analogy, but it's the Holy Spirit that must first do a work in you. In other words, the Holy Spirit comes upon you. There is this light switch that is turned on. And then all of a sudden, or, or very suddenly thereafter, uh, there, you have the ears to hear. You have the eyes to see. You went from um, not, re- you may have said, well, I've never hated God. But you, you, yes, did. you, did. you <laughs> did hate him. Yeah. You did hate him. And now you don't. Now, now you're now you're finding um, through time and effort and 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 going through the scriptures, and you're now recognizing this is a God I must know, and um, and so this is this is the process. Okay, so we've, we're talking about that, and we're talking about really this is salvation that we're talking about, but. What are we saved to? But what are we? Well, we're. What are we saved to? We're saved to the Christ. Yes, we are saved to Him. We are His bride. You brought up that He will be the first of many brethren. That's correct. And in fact, God is inhabiting. He is creating citizens for a kingdom yet to come. Oh, absolutely. And we see that kingdom. Yes, we see that kingdom in the millennium. Yes, of which we will be there for. There's, There's another. Study. That's we've, a, got yeah, to, we've, we've got. Yeah, we've, we've got to get out on that right. as fast as we can for people because people think, "Well, I'm going to be in heaven. I'm not going to be." In, no, you're going to be at the millennium. Yeah, there, yeah, you know, Christ said. Christ said very clearly. He said, "Rule where, and reign. Where I am, you will be. You will be also." And, and, and so, okay, so you let's go back to your, the premise of your question okay. about, about the study. What right. we're talking about. We were talking about does God actually, you know. uh Control. Is he controlling your steps? Right. Is he is he leading your path? Right. right. Well, I know you have a couple of verses that you can give out. I've got a couple that I want to give you. In in fact, I like what you pointed out earlier in in Proverbs sixteen. Uh-huh. A man's heart plans his way, uh-huh. but the Lord directs his steps. And he said, and I love in Jeremiah because well, I could just talk about that for yeah, a second. Yeah. The Lord directs your steps. Right. Uh, you know. When 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 Abraham was told to leave his father's house, right, uh, God said, "Go out," right, and, and He says, "Get out of your father's house and and start walking." And the the Bible tells us in Hebrews about Abraham, where He says that Abraham went out by faith. I'm adding the by faith, right. but not knowing where he was going. Right. In other words, where Abraham was saying, "I." I don't know where I'm going. God automatically was directing his steps and sending him exactly where he wanted him to go. We serve a God, Pat, that has not, that does not change. Right. He says, I am the same yesterday. I am the same today. I am the same forevermore. 
He's telling you and I that he's doing exactly the same thing today as he did back then. You know, we've got, we think we've become so sophisticated and so smart that, oh, no, 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 I'm in control of all things. But that's not the case at all, is it? not at all. You have more. Well, you know, one of the things, uh, and and a great verse in Jeremiah, this is chapter 10, 23. Oh, Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. Now, the real question is, if God is directing our steps, where where are we going? Right. What what's he trying to do? What's he trying to accomplish here? And again, well, again, go back to the first part of that verse. Uh, the, uh, just read the first part of it. He says, "Oh Lord, I know, and this is Jeremiah, that the way of man is not in himself." There you go. So, what is what is it that Jeremiah is being told? Yeah. Or, or what is well, it if it's not saying, in you, it's got to come from somewhere. It's got to come from somewhere. Exactly right. Yeah. But then he tells us what again at the at the end. He says. It's not in a man to uh, who walks to direct his steps. Uh-huh. So where it comes from, well, let's go back to the Proverbs. Right. But the Lord directs his steps. That's exactly right. And, and this, is, this should be comforting to a lot. There are so many pastors out there who take it so personally. They do want to share the gospel. They want to bring a clear presentation of what God is doing. They want to fulfill the commission that he gave. Uh-huh. And they and he he looks at the congregation and he uses every tool and you know of his trade, if you will, to compel them to come in. Uh-huh. Yet so many don't. And he oh, oh what have I done wrong? No, this is what God has done. He says, "Those he who has ears will hear. Yeah, those who don't have the ears won't hear." And it is. It got so bad. Let's just say it this way. Jesus was going around healing wherever he went. He was feeding people miraculously. People were coming to him knowing, hey, this is the guy who can fix my problem. Right. And eventually he begins to tell them something about the kingdom. And guess what? They don't want to hear that. It got so bad that they all left him. And he goes and turns to his own disciples and said, you're going to leave? And Peter stands up and says, where would we go? You have the words of life. Right. And this is one of the potential problems right there is to say that, hey, you, uh, that is what usually happens when, if you're preaching the gospel, two things are going to happen. The people who have ears will hear it, but the people who don't will use their legs and walk away. In any congregation, right. including my church, uh, when we, we were having uh, services, we do Bible studies now because right. the Bible studies are much more important to me during right. the week in terms of church, um, right. in terms of really offering church. Why right. do I say that? Because people have a chance to participate. They have a chance to ask questions, and 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 I can teach in a way that was very similar to right. how the disciples uh, were teaching in terms of groups. So enough said about that. The point, the point is, is that when I'm teaching and when I'm preaching, even when we have new people, right. I am not feeding the flock that God has given to me milk. Right. I am feeding them meat. Right. I'm feeding them the word. And the reason why I do that is because they need to know it. And they need to know the hard sayings of God. They have to understand, who is it, this God that I love? And how can I help you as a pastor? How can I help you to have a better understanding 
of God's word that will bring you closer to him. And this is the heart of a pastor. The heart of a pa- the Bible says, know your flock or, you know, I, I, well, I, know your flock. flock. Can I just say this ahead, last please. thing in every church though? Oh yeah. In every church, there are sheep and there are goats. Absolutely. And, and if you're going to spend your time trying to preach to the goats, <laughs> yeah, uh, you're going to be beating your head up against the wall for nothing. And, and this is why we teach the gospel of Jesus Christ to those who have the ears to hear and the eyes to see. You know, whatever you feed will grow. Absolutely. If you feed the goats, that's what you're going to end up with. Yeah. If you feed the sheep, they will grow. And keep in mind, this isn't our church. This belongs to the Lord. Of course. We are merely stewards of what God has placed in us. And every person listening to my voice is a steward of something. God has placed right. you over your family. Your You have a circle that God has placed you in, and you have a responsibility to image God to them. That is why we are created in the, we are God imagers, right? And that is our role on earth. You notice after the flood, the the same command was given to Noah. You know, there was only eight people left on the planet at that point. Yeah, it was and, time to get busy. And he said, you know, be fruitful, start multiplying, mm-hmm. take dominion. It, everything he told Adam, he told the same thing to Noah. But he put barbecue on the menu, you know. But uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, but one of the things about it is that uh, again, it's going to take some time to grow some pro- product, you know, to grow some fruit. And yeah, they had to survive in the meantime, and they just had this big heart full of food, you know. Right. So, again, all kidding aside, though, but the mandate, God is creating Uh and has always been creating a people for himself. And this entire, from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22, is part of the assembly process, if Mm -hmm. you will. If you think of it, God has got a factory that he is building for his son. He's going, he's creating a kingdom. He's creating subjects for that kingdom. You know, one of the interesting things that Jesus said, I I don't know if I like the word factory. Well, factory may be a kind of a hard thing because when people do it, they want to take in Abna, but, I, I knew what you meant. Yeah, I know, but I, you know there is there are aspects to this because everything in that factory. Mm-hmm. Take 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 cars for example. Henry Ford truly revelated. He literally had people mining the rocks that he controlled to get the ore, to get the iron. He had his hand in every aspect of the manufacture of an automobile. He owned it all, and. He, that is what God does. He has created a planet and created a world and stocked the world and commanded the world because he has a plan. And what, one of the things, a parable that Jesus told that was always interesting to me, he said, what builder begins building, you know, a tower, a house, and, a house and saying, and doesn't decide in advance, does he have enough to finish it? Right. Can he finish it? What he goes on, he says, what king would, with an army of 10,000, would go against another king with an army of 20,000 without knowing if he can make that, you know, if he can survive that battle. And he said, if I can't, then I'm going to make uh, preparations to, you know, get the best terms possible. Yeah. By the way, I think you're the first one to ever compare God to Henry Ford. 
Well, I, I, I don't know if I'd go that far, you know, but God did have Henry Ford for a place. A yeah, but he did have a purpose. I think it's a great analogy yeah. to explain because you're right. He controlled it all and he made sure that he had it set up exactly, exactly the way. The way and, and he took things that, did, that didn't exist and turned them into something that did exist. Right. Uh, and one of the things that I, and it was a slow, long process. And the deeper you go into the word, the more you begin, you can't escape the fact that God is truly in control of all aspects of life. Jesus said, not a bird will fall from the sky without the Father's expressly knowing about it. The very heads yeah. of the elect are numbered. That's right. You know, God is not flying by the seat of his pants. He is not waiting for Listen, us to he's zig. Not, he's not in the kingdom to, of before heaven he can playing zag. Nintendo. Exactly. He's, doing, he's, he, he's in control of all things. And, and, and let me just help to kind of put an exclamation on that, because I know you've got a little bit more, too. Right. This comes from Daniel, the second chapter of mm. Daniel, starting uh, at Daniel 2. And I'm going to pick it up at verse 20. Okay. Daniel answered, and he said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever. For wisdom and might are his, and he changes the times and the seasons. Boy, that's a power that's that's a whole other study right, right. there, just in that in just in verse 21. And then he says, he says, he removes kings and he raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness and the light dwells with with him i thank you daniel says and praise you O god my, of my father that you have given me wisdom and might and have now made known to me what we ask of you for you have made known to us the king's demands you know uh, isn't it interesting though i just want to say that daniel knew that the wisdom and the might, everything that he had in terms of knowledge and understanding, he knew it was a gift from God. Exactly. And that this goes into, look at uh, Isaiah chapter 46. He tells, recall to mind, and I'm, I'm going to oh, start yeah. at verse 8. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Remember this and show yourselves men. Recall to mind, O you transgressors, remember the former things of old. For I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Mm -hmm. He said, calling a prey from, uh, prey from the east, the man who executes my counsel from a fall country. Indeed, I have spoken it. I will bring it to pass. I have purposed it. I will do it. Listen to me, you stubborn hearted who are far from righteousness. I'll stop there. But the reality is that as God says, I own everything in history. I am working on a plan that was executed. In fact, in Revelation, when John was in heaven, weeping because no one was able to open the scroll. Yeah. It, that, that, that whole chapter puts a tear to my eye, especially there at the beginning of it, right? Yeah. I mean, because here he is expecting, yeah. you know, the lion of the tribe of Judah yeah. to pop out. And it's a lamb slain from the beginning yeah. uh, before anything. 
right. before there was even sin. He was, the Bible says he was slain from the beginning. Right. The reality is we can't escape the reality of the absolute and utter control of all of history of God. That's the scriptures teach. Yes. It, it, you can't escape that. But that's also where we can draw our comfort, that God says, I know the plans, and this is another Jeremiah force, mm -hmm. that I have for you, yeah. plans for good, plan to prosper right. you, all of these things. He said, I'm controlling it. I have plans. Right. You know, God is not letting anything slide. Nothing. One day, the books will be opened. And it will balance to the penny. Of course it will. Everyone. And by the way, there's going to be no bargaining. <laughs> no, uh, you're not no going, discounts. You're, no not, you're not going to yeah. be, you know, uh, your lips are going to be sealed because you're standing before absolute truth. Exactly. Um, I was reminded when you were saying, talking that I went back to Romans in the ninth chapter. Yeah. Uh, where, uh, where God said to Moses, he says, I, this is what he, God is speaking. He says, I will have mercy on whomever I will have mercy and I will have compassion on whomever I will have compassion. Then uh, Paul says this. He says, so then it is not of him who wills, nor of him who runs, but of God who shows mercy. Right. And then he gives us one last little piece here where he's talking about um, Pharaoh. He says, for this very purpose I have raised you up, speaking of Pharaoh, right, that I may show my power in you, and that my name may be declared in all the earth. Therefore, Paul tells us, he has mercy on whom he wills, and whom he wills, he hardens. So we got to come back and touch yeah. on this again some more. I thought it was a great topic today right. because, you know, people think, you know, I'm in charge of everything I do. Yeah. Or I is hope, anybody I hope, in charge? <laughs> I hope that you'll share this on uh, Spotify. You'll share it with your friends. Make sure you're liking the page. Uh, uh, we're anywhere that you are getting your streaming, your podcasting from, you can get the God family and country radio show. And you can also get the God family and country radio show. Plus, um, tell your friends and family about it. It's a great place to go to get some resources that will bless your heart. God bless you. This is the God family country radio show. We'll be right back. How many of you remember the Buttercrust Bakery on Broadway? We took field trips there from Carol Bell Elementary and learned about assembly line production. Everyone there had a different job with a common goal, to make bread and deliver it to the grocery stores. At the end of the tour, we got a warm piece of buttered bread and a number two pencil with their blue and white logo on it. I can still remember the smell of that bread baking. Robin Hopp is here with Big State Financial. There are three financial stages similar to that assembly line accumulation preservation and distribution you've worked and saved most of your life and when you're ready to retire we will help you with a retirement income plan that you can never outlive call me 210-373-6000 write my number down it's 210-373-6000 or go to my website it's the name of my company bigstatefinancial.com a warm piece of buttered bread and a stress-free retirement doesn't get much better than that you're listening to the god family and country radio show our constitution is a document in which we the people tell the government what it is allowed to do. We the people are free. Well, God bless you. This is the God Family and Country Radio Show. Plus, I'm Pastor Kurt, and always with me is uh, Pat Coyle. 
as we uh, have the opportunity to kind of, uh, you know, touch bases on some of the things that we talked about on the radio show with yeah. Lance and I, and um, maybe kind of go a little deeper right. uh, on some of the things. And we were really talking on the radio show this week about about the understanding of, of holiness, understanding uh, reverence for God. And then uh, when God gives instructions, Pat, you know how important it is that we follow those yeah. instructions. It's amazing, you know, how people decide they want to do things. And we use some examples of, you know, the people of Israel when they chose chose Saul, right, King Saul, to, to, to be over. They got exactly what they want. They got somebody who's completely ruthless. And then we talked about... Um, uh, uh, Adab and Abihu, right? You know, about you know a perfect example of you know people trying to worship God in their own way versus of what God had commanded them to do, and then we talked about the really the blessings of God uh, and being honored to be able to have the Ark of the Covenant in your home with uh, Obed Edom, and we yeah. and, and those it didn't things didn't work out well. <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, it worked out well for Obed Edom, right? Right. Um, but um, uh, it was uh, it was it, a long road. <laughs> it was it was a long yeah. road, but ultimately it was a it was a great blessing for him. And yeah. so, I thought we'd just take a few minutes and just talk about understanding a little bit deeper from holiness. And you brought up a really great point about about marriage. Well, uh, it 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 was it was interesting as. I, I'd come across a, a rabbi who, and he was speaking, quite frankly, he was talking about holiness. And he said, you know, uh, in, in that tradition, holiness ha- is a, is a very, very, uh, serious concept. Yeah. Uh, you know, he talked about holy writings, holy days, holy, uh, you know, uh, procedures of worship. Right. And then he said, you know, over the years, the whole concept of holy has kind of dropped off the map for so many people. Uh, and then yet we ask people to go into holy matrimony and they have no clue of what yeah, that they means. They don't even know what it uh, means. And, and, and it literally has devolved into, hey, why do we need a piece of paper? Well, God had never established marriage to be a paper anything. Mm-hmm. He, he said, this is a holy uh, covenant between the two of you, the three of us if, in, in one respect. Absolutely. And, uh, and so there's a casualness. Well, it's a, it's a blood covenant. It's, it's, but, it's, but, there, but it's surrounded by holiness. And this is what the real problem is. If we're talking about uh, the LGBT community, mm-hmm. transgenderism in terms of marriage, um, that marriage is between a man and a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, societies can make decisions all the time on what will be acceptable in that society. But when you, when you take something that is sacred of God and you, and you change it in order to meet your needs of what you want, um, well, you find yourself very much like Nadab and Abihu. Right, right. Um, so I, I, I thought we'd just talk about that. And then I want to go back to marriage a little bit right. because that's exactly right. Understanding that marriage is a, it is a holy, sacred um, uh, covenant between, uh, I should say, a holy, sacred blood covenant between a man and a woman and 
Almighty God. And there's a, there is a presumed casualness that leads us to a dangerous place when we start treating God as if he's our buddy and our friend, and we can just come to him. He loves us. And again, the blood of Christ has given us the ability to go to Father God as Abba and, and, and as a father. But we should never presume that we can just simply kick our feet up in the throne room right. and just make ourselves at home and in any fashion we want. He is right. still God. He is holy, and he will be honored as holy. And there are consequences when we violate those things. Absolutely, there's consequences from it. I was just thinking of uh, uh, Malachi. Uh, we had talked about it just to, for a second yesterday. Uh, Malachi, the, uh, the sixth chapter or third fourth chapter, excuse yeah. me. Okay. Uh, third chapter, I think it was. Yeah, there we go. Um, where was it? Well, it's a great chapter, you know. It's, yeah, <laughs> it starts off. I'm I, sending my messenger to prepare my. my yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. Behold, I sent my messenger to prepare a way. But I was looking for uh, that I am God and I change not. Oh, okay. Uh, which is, come on, Kurt, get your act together. Well, you know, w- while you're finding that, you know, part of what we're talking, three. you know, about here, he said, you know. As in former years, and this is uh, starting in, in verse 4 of Malachi 3, it's interesting you brought it up, the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasant to the Lord as in the days of old, as in former years, and I will come near to you for judgment. I will be a swift witness against sorcerers, adulterers, against perjurers, against those who exploit wage owners and widows and orphans, and turn those who turn away an alien because they do not fear me, says the Lord of hosts, for I am God and I do not change. There it is, right there in verse 6. Yeah, yeah, I I just had pulled that up, for I am the Lord I am for I am the Lord I do not change therefore you are not consumed O son of Jacob in other words he had planned on it you're not but you're not yeah. going to be consumed he says yet from the days of your father you have gone away from my ordinances right you know that's that's what we have done as a right. nation yes right? we have um you've gone away from my ordinances and, and you have not kept them And he says, return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we return? And that's because they didn't know and they don't know now. Right. Well, once you move away from all of those things, uh, Satan makes it very easy for your memory to cloud up and new things to take its place and again we we just you mean, you mean like mine did earlier when i was <laughs> hey listen we're all going there we're all there in that respect which is another reason why that uh you know we need to refresh we need yeah. to assemble together and we need to assemble together to make sure that we are all on the same page this is we do not get to choose our worship to God. God has already ordained the worship that he finds acceptable. And yet people decide, no, nah, I think, I think he'll, he'll be happy with what I'm bringing again, right back to a Nadab and Abihu, you know, right. uh, they, they found, they paid a very quick and a very hard penalty. And yet, you know, they, uh, God will not simply accept whatever it is that you think you're willing to bring 
again, back to the concept of holiness. What makes something holy, uh, set apart, uh, dedicated, you know, uh, you don't change this. Right. This is an unchanging uh, statute. Well, would it not only... Uh, not only apply to that, but doesn't it also apply to the fact that uh, we are required to to praise and worship Him in a proper manner? You know, God says He's seeking worshipers, isn't He? Yes. But He says in spirit and in truth is the ones He's He's going to accept. Absolutely. Everyone else, you know what? That's a dangerous position to be in. It's only by the grace of God that many people aren't consumed sure. by what they're offering. Well, I have two examples of that uh, present day. You know, look, the, the greatest way to offer praise and wash, uh, worship to God is to get into the Word and, yeah. and spend the time reading the Word in, in quiet, in solitude, and uh, the opportunity to allow God to speak to you. Right. That's the... It, from a, from God's perspective, that's one of the greatest ways for us as believers, as right. Christians, to be able to do so. Let me tell you the exact opposite, though, of what's happening. Maybe you've noticed it. I certainly have noticed it on radio, uh, especially with the uh, group K-Love, as an example. Okay. Now, I know a lot of people love K-Love. Uh, K-Love is nationally syndicated. Uh, they're doing fundraisers all the time to keep themselves on the radio, which is good. There's a lot of music that they play that is pleasing to the Lord. Mm -hmm. But there is also a lot of music that they are playing on there that is not pleasing to the Lord. And the biggest reason for that is, is because what the lyrics are to the music oh, yeah. is not godly. Okay. It sounds good. It's got a great beat. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's uplifting to you. Yeah. But it's not about praise and worship to you. It's about praise and worship to God. Well, right in the middle of our Bible is the book of Psalms, book of Psalms, if you will. Yep. And the power, all music, secular or sacred, yeah. is worship. Right. Worshiping something. And which is why it's the most powerful. It's a very powerful thing. Mm -hmm. And again, I have no problem. People want to listen to, you know, whatever they want to listen to. They like country. They want rock. They want whatever they want. Great. There's a, there's, there's a lot of things that people can listen to. But if you're going to dedicate something to the Lord, mm -hmm. it better belong to the Lord completely. It shouldn't be twisted so that you can gain a wider audience. Mm -hmm. Again, th then it's not for the Lord. It's, for, it's to get cash payout. And I That's get right. it. Hey, listen, if you want to be a musician and you want to earn, earn your bread that way, okay, there's not a problem, but let's, you know, but to call something, you know, the, we, we were talking about the word holy and how that's kind of uh, fallen into forgottenness or a fog, if you will. Right. But so is the word worship. The right. old word worship yeah, was why the value. It just, it just it kind of yeah. came to me like that. And I just thought, man, you know, there's a good opportunity to bring this up, but you're right. Yeah. Uh, we don't understand worship is an old English word, the worship of an object. Well, what they, does it, how do we assign value to whatever? Because we're worshiping creatures. In other words, everything we do, we're assigned, we're constantly assigning value. We see something. I like that. I don't like this. I like this more. I'm willing to give more for this. Our whole society, we are, and, and, 
God has planted that within every soul. In fact, Romans talks about the reason why everyone is without excuses. He's put within each of us a worshiping nature. Now the real question is, what are we worshiping? Right. And therefore, that is what will reveal what we do externally is only what has been going on internally. Well, it goes back uh, to what we were talking about, right. about Saul, first and foremost. What did the people want? They wa- they didn't want they didn't want God. They wanted a king. Right. They wanted to be like every other nation. Yeah. Um, you ultimately get what you ask for. Uh, I think when you even look at uh, our current administration that right. you see here, uh, that current administration, uh, depending upon how you feel about it, is exactly what America deserves. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, one of the things I mentioned, Pat, was uh, Ted Cruz. Right. Uh, uh, this uh, last Thursday, or I think it was, I think it was Thursday, um, came out and stated that this administration, uh, the Biden administration, is the most anti-Semitic uh, uh, administration ever in the history of administrations. You know, uh, there may be something to that, uh, but we've had some pretty anti-Semitic, uh, you know, League of Nations. Uh, oh, you know, yeah. oh, oh, believe yeah, yeah. me, we, we go some back. Bad, some bad players, but uh, if you look, if you look at, uh, he, he was really looking at uh, uh, players, I should say, presidents on the scene with their administrations from 1948 going forward. No, and that's a good one because right. Israel was and not. I, to be I, honest, I didn't think it could get any worse than the Obama administration, but the Biden administration has taken it to a new level. I'm saying that before because, look, um, God has certain things that are are to be taken care of. Uh, God said, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. In other words, he's saying to Israel, um, and he's speaking to us in our nations, that when we, we get the leaders that we deserve, God raises kings up. He brings kings down, Absolutely. the Bible tells us. We get exactly what we deserve because— of our lack of our relationship with God. Uh, we have become a secular nation, as an example. It's uh, Ancient Israel didn't have the luxury of being a secular nation. Uh, they were a people that were chosen by God to be holy to unto the Lord. That's right. And when they, in essence, went after other gods, God really brought the hammer down on them and those nations to which they had prostituted themselves. And, you know, again, we in America enjoy so many uh, opportunities that no human family has ever enjoyed before. Blessings beyond blessings. We were ruled by kings and despots and, 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 uh, and families, tribes, clans that didn't quite frankly um, you know, the idea to be able to want rule oneself, Mm -hmm. you know, um, let's just be blunt. God's God has one thing he has established. He is King. That's right. Everything belongs to him. We do, we live in a theocracy, whether we like it or not. Right. God is in control of everything. We are, you know, we think, we, we live under the illusion that we have some power and control, but he, ultimately every decision comes from the Lord. Right. Uh, nothing is not a bird falls, according to Jesus, that the Father hasn't 
already knows where that bird's going to land. Right. Uh, grass get, grows in. He, he makes it clear that every, every hair on your every head. hair on our head is numbered. There is no part of the universe that is randomly operating outside of the direct control of God. Not even a molecule. Not uh, no. He invented the molecule. He controls the power that keeps them together. Right. And if in a single moment, if he's to, to have it all dissolve, it will dissolve. Um, last thing uh, uh, before we close, we were talking about marriage and we're talking about the holiness of marriage right. and understanding what that is. You know, when you, you when, when uh, Isaiah in the sixth chapter was given the opportunity to see the, the throne room of heaven, the the singing of the of of the angels and the seraphim in the in there that was was the tris hagios, which was uh, that God was holy, holy, holy. In other words, it was taking it to a, a, a level of otherness that was completely different from from anything else, and the the holiness of God put Isaiah in such. Uh, a point of of understanding who he was right. in his sin nature that he literally passed uh, a, a curse upon himself when he said, woe is me for I am undone right. uh, because he realized he didn't belong in that place. Right. He realized that he was, he, he was unholy in a holy place. And of course the seraphim came and, took uh, from the, a coal from the altar and placed it on his lips, seared his lips, and uh, and cleansed him of all of his iniquities so that he would be able to remain for the message that God was going to give him. However, it's the same today. It hasn't changed. No. Uh, we, 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 have a, we have a duty and a responsibility to reject or to accept his holiness of who he is to come at, at, in our prayer life with a point of reference to him and to always regard him as holy. In fact, there are consequences to not, you know, one New Testament, con, uh, uh, Paul brought up, do not treat the Lord's Supper as a casual get-together. Right. And he said, when people treat the Lord's Supper as just another meal, God does not God does not ignore that. No. He said some of you are this is why some of you are sick and some of you have fallen asleep. Uh they did not know that their attitude toward a specific that was a holy ordinance that the Lord had himself had established and he was not going to be uh that's why many uh many uh churches they call it fence the table. Right. In other words do not dream of uh, of coming here and partaking of this bread and wine in a without understanding what it is you're doing here. Sure. This is not a meal. It is not a snack. This is a holy r- uh, remembrance. And if you don't treat it that way, you're bringing judgment on your house. That's correct. You know because the people who died left families behind. Right. Who had to understand, who now had to, there were widows now and orphans as a result. And God had brought that on them because they did not treat holy 
the things that God has treated as holy. Well, I know we have to wrap it up, right. but I, I just want to, you know, what you just said there with Nadab and Abihu, right. which were the sons of, of Aaron. Aaron. They were the, they were the uh, nephews of Moses. Right. And uh, when, when Moses had told Aaron what God had done, bringing the pillar Again. of fire down on him, that he said, he said that you are not to mourn. No tears. No tears and right. no mourn over it because, the, you know, these were his sons. Yeah. And in tradition, in Jewish tradition, it was uh, there was a, a point of in your mourning where you were ripping your clothes. Right. Moses said, "Don't even do that." Right. And, and so, it, it's important. We don't always understand what it is that God has done or why He has done things the way that He has, but we are the clay that has been molded. To follow him, we are vessels of mercy, not vessels of wrath. Right. And uh, we need to pay attention. And I pray that these are going to happen for you more in, in your churches that you're attending. And the podcasts that maybe you're listening to are podcasts that are going to uh, be a true blessing biblically to you uh, rather than just uh, somebody giving you something that sounds good. Uh, we need to understand God is holy, and we are not. Right. Any We're here. Comments? You know, our purpose is, is to remind you. Like Peter said, I'm here to remind you and continually remind you because there are consequences to treating com, uh, holy things commonly, and you will pay those consequences. I will pay those con. If I ignore, he is no respecter of persons, the Bible says. If, uh, if I choose to ignore what he's already laid out clearly and for whatever reason right. i will suffer and yes. uh, we don't want that for anyone on the other side of these mics that's the reason why we stand in front of people and right. saying take god seriously but search the scriptures mm -hmm. find out what holy means find out what uh, go before the lord and said where am i where am i losing it right where am i missing it and Get right. I mean, that's the whole purpose of why we're here is Absolutely. giving you the opportunity. If there are things that aren't working in your life, there may be real good reasons for it. And we are here to help you explore those. Absolutely. That's what we do with the God Family Plus yeah. show. It's meant to be a real blessing to you. So make sure that you're, you're following our podcast. That's the best way that we can help build uh, on this, not only for you, but for others to be able to check us out that maybe haven't heard of us yet. We have the radio show, the God Family Country radio show that I do with Lance Hoppus, and that is continuing to grow. Of course, when Lance is gone, Pat comes in and fills out, fills in with me. Honored and, to do so. And uh, it's, a, it's a massive blessing to be able to reach as many people as we have been. But with the podcast, we're really trying to grow it. And uh, we're just hoping that you can help us with it. So uh, this is past Pastor Kurt, Pat Coyle. We are so grateful and thankful uh, for this opportunity. God bless you. This is the God Family Country Radio Show. We'll be right back. You're listening to the God Family and Country Radio Show. Have the strength of character to make the world a better place. Leave your children in the United States that they will be proud of. Well, God bless you. This is the God Family and Country Radio Show Plus, and I'm Pastor Kurt in studio. With me is Pat Coyle, a great theologian. Oh, great. Thought, yeah. like the well, way I pump you up. Great theologian. Uh, to be able to, to, you know, just sort of talk about right. things that we, we do on the show here with the Plus Show, 
uh, for the podcast because, you know, a lot of people are watching the radio show or, excuse me, listening to the radio show. We put that on the podcast. And so yesterday we were talking about Satan, but, you know, you'd think in two hours you could pretty much cover the subject. And there's so much um, that we didn't get a chance to talk about. Uh, we take the plus show opportunity and and sort of take it to uh, a, a, a little expand higher level, little, expand yeah. it out a little bit. Yeah. So um, I do the show every week with uh, with uh, Lance Hoppus, and uh, that the radio show is doing great. We take that to the podcast, but when it comes to the plus show, I've got uh, I got my buddy Pat Pat Coyle here, and we're we're just praying that you'll be able to like it and share it. Uh, with others and let them know about the God Family Country Radio Show Plus show. So, Pat, we were talking about yesterday uh, Satan, his origin, where he comes from, uh, what what took place with him with the fall. Right. Uh, we we uh, we what was really interesting, and of course, you know, you and I've known this for years as we've been doing the study. Is this sort of mirroring what happened in heaven is the same thing that's going to end up happening here on earth. Right. Uh, in, in in many different ways. Uh, Satan was a cherub angel. He was an angel by which by the way goes by uh, many names here that we we have for him throughout throughout scripture. Um, but um, this cherub angel uh, was always in the holies of uh, the holy of holies. And so he was a, an extremely good-looking angel apparently compared to the other angels. Uh, he had a lot of pride in him, himself. Ultimately, he claims to be like God uh, in in the temple and is kicked out of heaven. Uh, the other interesting thing, and we pulled all of this, a lot of this from uh, Ezekiel the twenty eighth chapter. There is a Mount Zion in heaven. There is also an uh, uh, there is a Garden of Eden uh, that is in heaven, or it is known as the Garden of God. Um, but we have a very similar. A, s- a very similar uh, aspect that takes place here on earth uh, with the Garden of Eden and Adam and Eve. Of course, Satan comes on the scene in Genesis, the third chapter. And it is really remarkable uh, to see how what happened so many, we don't know how long ago it was. There's no record of saying when Satan was kicked out of, of heaven. Um, but we know that he appeared in Genesis 3, so it could have been just after the creation of man, um, or it could have been before. Uh, really, really, we don't have any data one way or the other to be able to look at. Um, but the interesting thing is, is that uh, everything that was done in heaven is now being done here on earth. We know that Satan will have the Antichrist that will go into uh, to make desolate the, the the temple, the third temple, when it is built and claim to be God there. And um, uh, the same process is going to be taking place, but it's being played out here on earth. And so we started talking about that. We started talking about, Pat, about things that God hates. Um, of course, he hates evil. Right. And, uh, and he hates sin. Um, I talked a little bit about how God says that, that um, you know, we hear, we hear the slogan sometimes that um, God loves the sinner but hates the sin. Well, he throws the sinner in hell, though. Yeah, but it's the <laughs> sinner that goes to hell. That's yeah. exactly right. So, anyways, that's kind of where we were. And so I'm just tossing the ball to you. Well, you know, it, it's an interesting study. In, in fact, the, the word Satan basically means Hebrew for adversary or, or its Hebrew roots. Uh, 
what I find a couple of interesting things. The only place in which a name is actually assigned is Lucifer or yes. Son of the Morning. Uh, right. And we, that's also where known as, also known as the Day Star. The Day Star. And uh, uh, once that's over with, he is an adversary. He is a devil. He is uh, Satan. Uh, he, it's, it's amazing how, unless we are rightly related to God, we lose all identity. Yeah. We completely lose our Isn't identity. It, think of the rich man and Lazarus. Lazarus yeah. had his name. Yes. Well, all we know is he's just the rich man. Yeah. Clearly, the rich man had a name in, on in it. In some scriptures, it's known as Dives, but yeah. it's the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, once Satan had basically decided for himself mm -hmm. that he would go, he was going to be like the Most High. He was going to, on a mountain for himself, uh, it's interesting that he had top priority, had had position. He said, I walked among the, you walked among the fiery stones of the mouth yeah. of God. He had a very unique, close place, uh, close to God. And that was by design. I, you know, and I, I was just thinking about it, but I was thinking about it more or less after the show, because again, you know, there's very little written in the Bible about Satan, his adversaries, the demons. Right. Um, there's very little about the origins. And again, Pulling it from Ezekiel uh, 28, um, uh, we were able to get some information there. You pull some information, obviously, from uh, early in Genesis, right? Uh, a little bit in Revelation, right? But, but it's so sprinkled. Well, it's take really, Job as well as too. You know, absolutely. Uh, Job. If you look at, uh, you know, as Satan, you know, we we're, we're introduced to a character who, uh, where have you come from? Roaming the world, uh, you Ro know, what have roaming you, to and roaming fro. to and from the earth, and we're uh, we're we're seeing. Uh, we're seeing now I've heard things on both sides of that, so, but really to kind of focus on one thing that we should consider mm -hmm. is the fact that he is given pr prominence in the, in his role as an adversary, right? Uh, should be enough for us to say, listen, know your enemy. And, and, absolutely, and you know, that's the whole reason why yeah. we even, we yeah. even did this because, you know, we've been talking a lot about the, about the attributes of God. We've been talking about, you know, the greatness of God, the holiness of God, the, but but we have to know our adversary. Yeah, and uh, you know my people perish for lack of knowledge. That's correct. And so many people uh, don't really realize the wiles. Uh, the, the scriptures talk right. the wiles of the devil. He is uh, clearly very crafty. He's been at this a very long time. He's observed him. He knows scripture far better than we ever would. We're limited by our our, our biology in right. many cases, our memory, our you know our context. But we do have the Holy Spirit living within us. It's interesting is that we are never asked to fight the devil. We're never asked to do things against the devil. We're told to resist the devil. And if we resist the devil, Scripture says, he will flee. Mm -hmm. uh, and we are also, Peter warns us, that the devil's out there roaming like a lion to see whom he may devour. That's correct. And so, obviously... Satan will present himself in a variety of different forms. He needs, you know, one uh, one ways that he does is through uh, false apostles, false teachers, false. He said, if uh, if uh, if he is the father of lies, he empowers his workers, his right. family, uh, with the same power that he enjoys, or I should say, uh, lies. Sure. One of the things we know, though, is that uh, to a believer. When I say believer, I'm mm -hmm. talking about one that uh, possesses the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, uh, it is impossible for Satan to touch you. 
it's impossible for him to come after you without well, without without permission. That's that's exactly correct. In other words, uh, the spirit, you know, greater is he who is in you than right. he who is in the world. Absolutely. And Satan, you know, it, there's an interesting passage when I kind of looked up just uh, the devil, you know, uh, if you just do a word search and I was looking in the New King James words doing a number of uh, a number just in the new, you know, he Satan is ca- called he said all these kingdoms I have, mm-hmm. and I'm going to give it to you. When we were talking about the devil's first, that's actually in the New Testament where we're first introduced to. Yeah, well, he's he's talking. To, he's talking. To, he's tempting Jesus in, right. the, in the wilderness. Yeah. But you know, we're actually as the New Testament begins, we see the works of the devil with Herod yes. and the infants. Yes, uh, we see uh, basically uh, Rome coming in. You know, establishing itself, mm-hmm. uh, setting up all of these things. Are you know. I don't want to give the devil more power than he uh, than he enjoys, or any more ground than what he already covers. Right. It seems like because of we see all of the effects of wickedness mm-hmm. all around us. Because we have two problems: we have both the we have Satan mm-hmm. creating problems, but we also have that still have an internal nature of sin. Well, that's true. Uh, Paul said that the old man dies hard. It, and, yeah, and and we we work. That old man is dying more and more and as, we have as to our, carry, go through yeah, our, that sanctification. That, that's exactly right. But, but we also need to understand that Satan is not omnipresent. No, no. So he, just like he says in Job, when he was when he went to speak with God, Satan spoke with him and he says, "I've been running to and fro." Yeah. And you know, it is God that gives him permission to go to Job. Right. Exactly. Uh, and and um, uh, it happens again. You know, uh, listen, listen to what Jesus was saying to Peter. And he says, Simon, Simon, he, Satan would sift you like wheat. You know, he has asked for you. He has asked for you right. and would sift you like wheat. That's the way the scripture goes. And um, the, the point here I was saying is, is that Satan has to ask permission to do anything to a believer. So for the, for the most part, a believer is uh, safe. One that's grounded in the word of God, the one that is is he's protected by God. You're protected by God's word, by the power and authority of who God is. Uh, you have all of those things. Now, one of the things that we didn't really spend much time talking about, and it's not off subject, but it's the idea of demons. Mm-hmm. Now, demons followed. These are fallen angels that followed Satan uh, out of out of heaven here to earth. There are multitudes of them, myriads of them that we see all over the place. Now, one of the things you can do is when you are slipping up in one way or another, uh, or you have said something that invited one of these demons in, they can cause trouble for you. They can't take your life, any of those things, but they can. You, You invite them in by the things that you say. And so, um, again, there's there's those issues, but most for the most part, you have that protection, and that is good for the believer to know and to understand. But when we're talking about where Satan came from and what it is that Satan is doing here on earth, it's not hard to see that he's running rampant right now with the demons as well to cause as much havoc as possible as they know that they're drawing near to the end. They know that when their time, they, they do know when Jesus will return. If you remember when Jesus uh, 
was going to uh, to a man that was demonized in the hills up in the up in the in, in the cemeteries that used to hang up. They tried to bound him in chains, and you know he could break out of the chains. And and so the the the, the demon inside this man is now speaking to Jesus as Jesus is walking up to him, and he says, he says, Jesus of Nazareth, what do we have to do with you? And Jesus is asking his name, of which he is saying, you know, we are many, we yeah. are legions, not right? just one of us, not just one of us. There, are, there are you know many of them uh, in us, and um, and he, the next thing the demon says back to Jesus is, is that have you come before your appointed time? Right, and they were worried about. Please don't send us to the abyss. That's that's exactly what they were saying. They were yeah. they were worried that hey, are, why are you know basically they're saying why are you here before your appointed time, which tells us. The demons know when Jesus is going to be returning. Well, they will have a pretty good idea. They knew Jesus was coming. Uh, they know the scriptures too. Yes, they very well. And uh, and so they know what they're up against. Uh, do they have no? The Bible's clear. It says no man knows the day or the hour of his return. But the signs of his coming are going to be evident for everyone, right? Most especially for them because they are. They don't realize it, but they are operating. Exactly what God has destined them to operate. Of course, they are on a trajectory that they cannot change either. Now, you know, it's so it's great. I'm really thankful you said that because, in a certain sense, they are chosen and elected to be who they are. Yeah. In fact, if you look at it another way, there are only two families on this planet. There's the family of God. Yeah. And there's the family of the devil. In the garden, we're told. You know, your seed and her seed. Mm -hmm. And that has never changed. It never has. And uh, as people, as people multiply on the face of the earth, both families grow. Yes. But not necessarily to the same extent. There is, the Bible clearly says that it is a relatively small group of individuals that God has chosen for himself. Yes. Compared to the vast majority that are literally under the sway of the evil one. Right. And quite frankly, we uh, those are the tares that are sown by the devil sure. in the parable. Uh, they grow amongst us. They grow amongst the wheat. Uh, they, what's interesting is when the angels in the, in the parable uh, are said, you want us to pull them out? Mm -hmm. Jesus says, no, lest you hurt the wheat. Right. So they, the, the children of evil still serve a purpose and a function of God Absolutely. for the benefit of the believer. Everything that I see in the scripture, uh, that in Romans 8, 28 clearly says, all things are working together, together. Mm -hmm. for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. In essence, God is building a bride for his son, a kingdom for a time yet to come. Yes, And all the Satan from the very beginning, had God knew the purpose Satan was going to uh, work mm -hmm. when he walked on that mountain and he enjoyed that relationship with God That's right. before sin was found in him. Yeah. You know, what you were referring to, um, you know, when, when I think we always have to clarify, and you did a good job of talking about it. Uh, yeah, we have to clarify when we, when we say something that, you know, there's a, a, a remnant that's going to belong 
to Christ, we have to explain where that comes from, right. where, where we get that from. And you were pulling that from the parable. Yeah, uh, and, that well, there's a couple of places. There's a Jesus. couple at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, right? Right. Uh, uh, Jesus uh, says in the seventh chapter, he says, broad is the way, and many there will be that leads to destruction. Yeah, narrows the gate, few find it. And few find it. The word many that's in the broad way in Hebrew means most. Uh, most of the earth is going to go that way. Uh, narrow is the path and few, the word few in Hebrew is to, um, is respective of a remnant. Mm -hmm. And so it's a very small number. So that, that's not something that Pat and I are just throwing around. That's, that's, that's what the word of God actually says. Right. And, you know, for you and I, as, as believers, as pastors, we, we, we desire to, uh, we, we desire to, to hope that that was not true, but we know that every word in our Bible is true. And so um, we, we, we talk about those things. I mean, in our hearts, our desire is that all would see the kingdom of heaven that, that would have that. But even though our hearts are there for that, we also understand that that is not truthful. In well, what God, the, the in word, what God, gives God us. has told us, you know, that he desires all men to be saved. But the reality is this, he knows by his own word is not all men will be saved. He That's said, right. Uh, men love the darkness rather than the light because their deeds are evil. Right. Probably the most effective tool that Satan has been able to perpetrate on all mankind from the very beginning is this 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 quiet uh, settling into the idea that, you know, I may be bad, but I'm not that bad. Mm -hmm. uh, I've got my faults. We're all human. Right. And and when God sees all the things that I've had to struggle with and what I've done, and I've really done the best I could, God's going to take all that into account and he'll make a place for me. Yep. Maybe not in the top slot, but I'll be there. Yeah. And the Bible clearly says when the books are open, each man will be judged according to his works. Mm -hmm. And many of those people who believe that God was somehow, I, I wasn't as bad as that, that, you know, I was, you know, going, you know, I'm, yeah. I've I've done good things. God sees everything that you yeah. do, good and bad. There's going to be uh, there's what we would consider good here on earth. There's going to be a lot of good people in hell. Oh well, Jesus says if you're going to use good as a template, yeah, then we have to establish uh, what good is. What and good Jesus is. says no one is good but God. So if you're wanting to go there, in fact, uh, Jesus ends the uh, I believe it's uh, five forty eight in Matthew mm -hmm. where he says you are to be perfect. As your father, which is in heaven, is perfect. When you start looking at that sermon and you you look at what Jesus is talking about, and he says, if you know, talking about sin and what what it really is, and he he pretty much widens it out so that nobody in his audience walks away thinking, I'm gonna be fine. Yeah. He pretty much narrows it down to where with God, you know, with well, with man, it's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's uh, it's difficult, and and if you think you, if you think you're going to be perfect in anything, you you've got other issues to talk about. But um, none of us are per perfect. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. Uh, all of us, uh, in in order for us to be in the kingdom of heaven, requires uh, not our work, but the work of Christ, the atoning work of Christ. It's the only way you can see the kingdom of heaven. And and I know when I say that. Uh, some people will say, well, what about the Muslims or what about the uh, Latter-day Saints? What about the Mormons? What about, you know, all these different groups? And the fact of the matter is, is, um, is they, unless there is a change in their heart, um, unless they are going to uh, truly understand who Jesus is and are going to accept him as God, 
that is the only way that you're going to see the kingdom of heaven. And that can only come through the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, there's all Satan, as we know, is a great counterfeiter. Right. And changes of hearts can occur without God or with God. Yep. Uh, Many people uh, uh, break horrible habits that's destroyed their lives, yet are no closer to the kingdom they were than when they were in the middle of them. Right. Uh, uh, There are many religions that offer a very strict, austere uh, way of life that very few of us could even match. Uh, Well, you you can't. Exactly. You and uh, many religions, uh, especially ones that put Christ in a different spot than he belongs, uh, give but, rules that... But, but uh, isn't that a form of blasphemy? Well, you know, here's the interesting thing. You know, we have a, here, something here. It's that Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Mm-hmm. And so it's no strange thing that his servants will disguise themselves as servants of righteousness as well. And so that happens both inside the church. So, you know, it doesn't really matter which, whether you fall off the right side, the ditch on the right, or the ditch on the left. That's right. Uh, as long as you were going to fall off, he could care less what path you choose to take. Right. And so Satan has an entire system uh, of religions, mm-hmm. and some of them have, you know, some of them meet in big boxes with crosses on them. They talk about a Jesus, but... Second Corinthians reminds us there's a different Jesus. In Galatians, he said, hey, somebody comes in and talks about another Jesus, another spirit, another power. You guys are all down with that. Yeah, right. And, and you know, in Ephesians 6 chapter tells us to be strong in the Lord, but he also says one of the ways that we're strong in the Lord is when we put on the armor That's of right. God so yeah. that we don't fall under the, you know, so that we're not subject to the wiles of Satan in that respect. So there's, there's, there is something that Satan is not, one thing that's very clear. And another interesting time is when Satan is pulled out of the picture and all his minions have been segregated Mm -hmm. and mankind is left. And you've talked a little bit about the millennium period. Yeah. There's still the, there's still the inward nature of sin. That's right. That's still, reacting on this, not as virulent, clearly. Yeah, and it, br- it brings up something that I, I, I <laughs> people kind of look at me strange. When I, we we as a people, yeah. and this will happen in the millennium, mm-hmm. we, we do things in our lives that make Satan blush. It, it, in other words, we'll blame, we'll blame something on Satan that we, that we have done, and he looks at us and he, he says, there's no way I would have, you know, done anything like that i mean i'm I'm sort of going outside the box on this but what i what i'm really trying to say is is that human nature on its own accord uh because of the sin nature that, mm-hmm. that we have is capable of horrific horrificness oh yeah in, in 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 our lives that does not require the work of satan and does not require the work of demons you know um I'm 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 in Ephesians chapter six, mm-hmm. and that's talking a lot about obviously the 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 armor of God, what we can do to withstand. In as it says, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and mm-hmm. having done all to stand, to stand. Uh, but before that, in verse twelve, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, right? but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Mm -hmm. And so 
the the system that Satan has put together that with a quite a number with help, right. some knowingly and some not, uh, creates uh, literally a battlefield that we walk into every day that requires an armor in order to withstand in the day. Well, look at uh, every everything that Satan was throwing at Jesus in the wilderness. Right. What was it that Jesus did? Everything he did was quoting scripture back at him. Correct. Right? Which ultimately made Satan flee. Um, but my, my point here is, is that uh, we should have a good, strong, general knowledge of the scriptures. Yeah. And again, I know, look, there's a lot of people out there that say, you know, I don't have time for that. I'm busy. I've got, you need to know this. Well, you that's need- one of the wiles of the devil. <laughs> of course. You only get to every human being, whether uh, has always had 24 hours in a day, whether you were rich, whether you were poor, whether you were uh, uh, high brow or low, every, the sun rose on everyone and it descended on everyone. Yep. And what we choose to do with those hours constitutes our idea of worship. What was important to us, we did that day. Yes. Uh, and so, and all of those days get written in a book. Yes. <laughs> and so there will be no, uh, there won't be any poor memories on that day. And again, our goal is to be able to, to let people know there are things that we should take seriously, but not not in a fearful way. You know, we're never taught to fear the devil. Right. We are taught to basically withstand, mm-hmm. and he will flee. But he doesn't want, you know, Paul didn't want us ignorant. He, that's why he said, no, here, we will we, not I'm, have you ignorant about this one thing. Exactly. Right? And, he, and he says, there's, there, we are going to come. And now one of the things that I find great is that God has said, I, you know, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And for 2,000 years, he has been doing that. Mm-hmm. And we have both, uh, we have, obviously, we have the scriptures, but we also have, uh, what's even more interesting is the history of the church, both in its glory and its in its in its poverty, if you will, right? Uh, that we can look at it, and God has allowed the holy men and the heretics to to live side by side, and He allows says, you know, by their works, you're going to know them. And so, one of the ways we can resource ourselves is to look back and said, how has history played itself? How has Satan worked in these areas? Right? How has all this come to pass? How often have people put on that armor? That's exactly right. How necessary it is. Yeah. Tell your friends and family about the God Family and Country Radio Show. It is it is really something not only for the show that we do, radio show that goes over the air, but as well as in the podcast, but what we're doing with the plus show because we're sort of putting like a, a kind of a final seal um, mm-hmm. on on what we talked about. And this is a great opportunity to do that. Uh, you want to close us in prayer? Oh, yes. Gracious Heavenly Father, we do thank you. We thank you for the people that you've provided for us that want to understand your word and your ways of doing things, Father. We ask that you answer their prayer and bless them with your spirit. Help them to create a desire and a thirst for your word and a desire to follow you closely, Father. And we do thank you that you hear our prayer and through the power of Christ's name, you answer them. In Jesus' name we ask and in Jesus' name we expect. My dad, a gentleman, taught me valuable lessons growing up. Walk closely with God, have a strong work ethic, and always do the right thing. When working with clients, these lessons have served me well. 
When we meet, you'll have a thorough understanding of the strategies we use. Robin Hoff is here, president of Big State Financial. Ultimately, we will find out what your goals are in retirement. When do you want to retire? Do you have enough saved to retire or is there a gap? If you want your hard-earned retirement safe, protected from market losses, and an income for life, call me. 210-373-6000. If you're concerned about outliving your retirement savings, call me. 210-373-6000. We're here to serve and as my dad taught me, always do the right thing. Give me a call. 210-373-6000. 210-373-6000. And let's get started. You're listening to the God, Family, and Country Radio Show. You are born to stand out. Set yourself apart from this corrupt generation. Be, Be saints. saints. Well, God bless you. This is Pastor Kurt. And in studio, uh, Pat Coyle. This is the God, Family, Country Radio Show Plus. And it's an opportunity for us to take a little deeper dive. Yeah. Sometimes about the things that we're talking about on the show, but something, you know, you and I were talking about uh, just the other day. Right. We had the opportunity to kind of do something that that is really, um, I don't think much people understand or know how how important this is. And it's simply this. We titled this show, uh, You Are Where You're Supposed to Be at This Very Moment. Yes. You are exactly where you and I exactly. right now. We you would could, be no and, other you place. And, you and I didn't know two days ago what we were going to be talking about. And here we are. We're together. But God knew. Right. And knew it all. And that's a great way to put it is at the core, we're talking about God's sovereignty over everything. Every detail of light. Jesus is not even a bird can fall from the sky without God being directly involved. Nor nor can, uh, you know, even our head, very head, hairs of our head are numbered. Minor, that number's diminishing, but, you know, right. it's still there. Uh, well, how about the idea of uh, the Ukraine-Russian uh, war right now? All part of the plan. It's all part of a large plan. So something else that's difficult. And I, I know the answer, but I think it's great to bring it up and talk about it. Um, the tragedy that's been happening in the last uh, this last few days with regards to uh, the island of of Maui yeah. in the, in the islands of Hawaii, um, did God did God in a in a certain sense ordain and allow that to happen? Does God not say I bring I bring calamity? Yes, yes, and He does. So uh, He says He brings I bring peace and, and, and I bring calamity. Exactly, right. and and that's. You know, part of the, you know, the the problem is that people love a happy, loving, you know, bring nothing but candy to the party God. Right. But when things aren't going their way, they want, oh, wait a minute, this can't be a good God because good gods wouldn't do these things. And it goes, goes right back to what people have, you know, from the very beginning, you know, is how could God love, allow terrible things to happen to good people? Right. You know, and again the uh, the people take Maui for example there are people who are good people who are have lost everything and many have lost their lives right uh, we we pray for them uh, yeah. we we know that uh, uh the last count we had uh, was around 99 exactly uh, they're saying that that count is going to go up much higher um you know so the reason why i brought that up wasn't to sensationalize it but it was to use an extreme example of 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 events that we look at as being tragic and horrific, and they are. And at the same time, we serve a God who allowed it to happen. Well, Jesus had said, 
you know, in the 26th chapter of Matthew, he went and outlined that there would be wars. These are tragic events, rumors of wars. Uh, Matthew people, 24. Yeah, Matthew 24, I'm sorry. Uh, and and he went on to say, you're going to be taken before tribunals and be judged and you're going to be executed. There are. He did not sugarcoat anything no. about the gospel. He said, it's going to basically cost you your life. Right. And that was what it cost him is. So let's start out. I wanted to start out tonight uh, here with this at, in Isaiah 46. Okay. Okay. Um, and I did a little breakdown for us to take a look at. So we're going to look at Isaiah 46, 49, uh, excuse me, 46 and nine. And we're also going to look at Isaiah 46 and 10. And I just wanted to break down these, just these first couple of verses here for you. Um, in Isaiah 46 and nine, God says, I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. So let's stop there just for a second. Uh, The issue with this text of what God is giving to you is uh, giving to us is the uniqueness, if you will, of who our God is. Yes. Uh, That he is, he is unique to everything else in the universe. Everything. Yes. Um, He is in a class by himself. He is the otherness, if you will. Um, No one is like him. Uh, Let me me give you just an example of of what I was talking about, about the otherness. We've talked about this at Bible study. When when Jesus was in in the boat in the Sea of Galilee with with the disciples, and the storms were were racing, and the winds were howling, and the, the disciples are feeling as if they're going to perish, that their, their time is over. Jesus is in the back of the boat. He's asleep yeah. on purpose, right? And, uh, and they, they come to him and say, you know, you know uh, Lord, do, do you not care that we're perishing? And, 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 and Jesus gets up and, and, he, and he speaks. Now, now, now the, before I go on, the, the disciples are already panicked. They're yeah. in total fear. They think that they're going to die in the sea. And, and Jesus gets up and he speaks to the waves and to the winds, and instantly, not a zephyr, not a, not not a thing. The wind is gone. The waves gone. The, the 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 sea became as glass. And here's what the disciples said: What manner of man is this that even the the seas and the winds obey his voice? And then the Bible goes on to tell us something really cool. The disciples were even more afraid. Yes. They're even more afraid. Why? Because we pigeonhole people. And they had pigeonholed Jesus into this certain category. But this was something that he did, that the winds and the seas obey. Nature is obeying his command. This was the otherness of what I'm talking about. Well, that's what we're talking about here in Isaiah 46, there is an, an other this. The, uh, there is, he's in a class by himself. There's nobody like him. So he tells us what he means uh, to be the one and only God. He tells us that, that at the very heart of his godness, uh, listen to this in verse 10. Here's what he's telling us. He says, what it means, really, what it means for me to be God is that this, in verse 10, I declare the end from the beginning and from ancient times things not yet done. There's two powerful statements here that God is making about himself that we need to know and understand. One, he's saying, I declare how things are going to turn out before they ever happen. 
That's what he's telling us. Secondly, he's telling us, I declare not just natural events, but the human events, doings, the things that are going to happen across the world forever for things that are not yet done. Here's what he's describing to us. Verse 10 again, I declare from ancient times things not yet done, and I know what these doings are going to be, I'm adding that, will be long before they are actually done. And in the next half of the verse, Jesus tells us how he foreknows the end and how he foreknows the things that are not yet done. If you look at the second part of verse 10, I declare the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all of my purpose. When he declares ahead of time what will be, here's how he declares it or how you want to say how he might say it. My counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all of my purpose. You know, if you go a little farther, you know, it's it's one thing to say, oh, he foreknows it. No, he's actually doing it. He said, because if you go down to verse 11 mm-hmm. and letter part, he says, indeed, I have spoken it. I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it and I will do it. Right. He is working out a plan that he had before he formed the earth, before he created yeah. the heavens or the earth. He had a direct specific in place right to the there was nothing that was going to be out of place That's before exactly right. he began you know and i'm i'm reminded jesus told that parable who builds a house without knowing if he has enough to build it right and do you think and if jesus is writing a builder who's just going to build on the on the fly mm-hmm. do you think god would do that that he would say let's 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 make a planet let's make man let's see what it becomes of this let's see what we have to do are we going right. to wait to figure out what man's going to do and remember in revelation he said that he was a lamb slain from the foundation of the earth right so even before there was sin there was already there was already a plan. solution for sin before it ever existed. And he well, and, that, and that's in the statement. That's one of the reasons yes. why I started with it, because he knows the end from the beginning. Exactly. He doesn't tell us that he knows the beginning to the end. Yeah. He's already been to the end. Yeah. He's he knows everything that was going to happen, meaning he's in control not only of events, natural events, but he's also in control of human events. So what what I was saying is is that he's declaring his foreknowledge is is this. By declaring his four counsel and his four purposing. Yes. And I think that's important for us to understand. When he declares the end long before, uh, long before it happens, what he's saying is, is my counsel shall stand. Exactly. Well, when God declares things that are not yet done, things that, uh, uh, things that are happening before they're ever done, he's saying, I will ac- accomplish my purpose. God's not a fortune teller. He's not. He, he's not somebody who's got a crystal ball that's up there looking around no. in heaven. He knows what's going to be because he planned it from, from before the foundations of the world ever began. And he is here to perform the very plan. And he's using every single one of us. This does not make us robots no. in, in no way, shape, or form. As believers, um, certainly the Holy Spirit is guiding us. Ultimately, we're doing exactly what he wants us to do. By the way, though, he's doing that for the non-believers. He's, uh, the wheats and the tear grow together at his pleasure. Absolutely. And you, in fact, he makes it very clear when uh, in the parable of the wheats and tares, 
leave the tares alone. I'll pull them out at the end. You might hurt the wheat. So there is a purpose for the tares in our life. Right. They are performing oh, things. Oh, absolutely. That They're we, doing exactly what God wanted exactly. them to do. And they they and and in the process of doing that, whether even though that they don't belong to him, right. he's still blessing them in many, many different ways. In fact, the blessing actually comes through, you know, Peter talks about through suffering. You know, nobody signs up for suffering class. Right. We endure knowing patiently that God has the end from the beginning and that all things, according to Romans, are working together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Not what what we want, but what his purposes are, his predetermined purpose from the foundation of the world. I agree. I agree. So look, I had one example, and then I want, because I know you, when we were talking about oh, this, there's you, a lot to go you through. went through a whole bunch, and I want to get to all of that that you've got. So I don't know if we'll have the time to do all that. Well, we're gonna, well, we'll get through, we'll get through a bunch of it. Yeah. But I just wanted to give this one example of what I've just, of what I have just said and yeah. how God is working. Jeremiah 29 Uh, verses uh, 10 through 14. Jeremiah 29, verses 10 through 14. For thus saith the Lord, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, he's saying after the 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and I will perform my good word towards you. Mm -hmm. Of course, he's speaking of Israel here. And cause you to return to this place. He says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me. Then you will call upon me, he says, and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And I will seek, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord. How awesome is that? And I will bring you back from the from your captivity, and I will gather you from the from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, saying that the Lord, saying the Lord, and I will bring you to places for which I caused I cause you to be carried away captive. Here, I mean, if that's not a plan design for Israel, I, I don't know what is. It's it's Israel. There is not a human being that has ever walked the planet and done anything that there is not a book on. And that book was written before the foundation of the earth. You know, we, we look in Revelation and people, unfortunately, all the tears that we talked about are all gathered together in a final, uh, final judgment, what they call the white throne judgment. Right. And books were opened. And each was given based on what was in those books. A final book mm-hmm. was opened, and that was the book of life. And if their name wasn't found in that, they were cast into the lake of fire. Which was actually all of them. And the, one of the problems with it is is those books weren't written on the fly. He didn't just finish. The ink wasn't dry on those. Right. Uh, the ink was dry before he began the work. You know, you mentioning that, Pat. There's only going to be two types of people in hell, according yeah. to the great white throne judgment. The scriptures tell us that there's going to be two types of people. There's going to be those that are weeping. Yeah. The, the, the weepers are going to be those that, uh, that wish they had spent time yeah. to know God. They're going to be the ones that uh, wish that they had showed up at a Bible study or they had, or they had participated in a podcast, you know, like we're doing right now. 
um, and, and really listened intently, knowing that what we're speaking is absolute truth, not because of Pat and I, but because of the, what the Word of God says. And uh, then the second group is going to be this. It's going to be those that are gnashing their teeth. The, these are the people that hate God here on earth. Yeah. Hate him. They hate him so much, they just they shake their fist at him. You know, you know people that have done that? I do. But the, these, these people at the great white throne ju- judgment, the, the ones that are gnashing of teeth, are going to be gnashing their teeth in hell because they hate him as much there as they did here on this side of on this side of heaven. And by the way, there's no absence of God in hell. No, it's the presence of God and his angels at their torment. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, you know, what you're talking about is, is really important uh, for us, but to have this understanding Pat about that you and I are where we are doing exactly what it was that God knew we were going to do. We are here. We are here. We're, we're, we're working this podcast. We're doing our very best to give people an, uh, an encouraging word about our God. Well, you know, there, there is both an, you know, a word of encouragement, you know, because let's be, let's be straightforward is that there it's good news for some, but not for all, <laughs> because well, what's ultimately is going to be is the word that can save will also be the word that judges well, those. Yes. And, and you know what, here, here's where I was going this. Yeah. You are where you are right now. Right. Because it was planned by God. Now, what that means for us is, is that um, some of us need to be patient because he's got, he's got something you know, better coming for us uh, in the very near future. There may be a testing. There may be a, a trial or tribulation that, we're, that, that you're going through right now. You're not going to be there forever. It, you're only going to be there as long as it takes you to learn whatever it is God wants you to learn. You just mentioned it earlier. He says, I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you, plans to do good. Again, all things are working out for the good of those. That doesn't mean everything that's happening to us in that plan is pleasant, or it it may be very painful, but at the end of it, when we see the work that that pain is is going to accomplish in us, it is the Holy Spirit. We never suffer any more than what is necessary to turn us into the likeness of Christ. Right. And there will be many people, that's that's usually what we use to watch people uh, who go through great suffering, and we want to share in with them. We we mourn with those who are mourning. We rejoice with those who are rejoicing. But, but we can't change that suffering if that suffering is ordained by God in order to produce the quality that God is ultimate. We are all being conformed into yeah. the image of his Son. And some... It takes a little more than others, but that's why he tells us no one enjoy, endures, uh, like he said, a good son. Our parents disciplined us as they saw fit right. in the way that they, and they did it imperfectly and we endured it. And so how much more that when the heavenly father is bringing us into his kingdom and conforming us through the Holy Spirit into the image of his son, mm-hmm. it's not going to be, this is not an easy task. Well, you know, as some of us are like the ox kicking the goats, oh, right? Yeah. You know, uh, we, uh, we, we constantly are, we're stubborn. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not listening of which I'm including myself, uh, even as a pastor, knowing the scriptures very well, but when you're in the moment, sometimes you don't understand it. And I'll give you just this quick example. Yeah. Recently, um, my wife and I, we made a move and, um, I was, I was 
wanting everything I could to stay where we were. I really loved where we were. But God brought certain events uh, down our path that changed my thinking about where we were. And he had something so much better to show us and to give us. Um, And he was going to bless us with a place that was going to be even um, cheaper, much cheaper than what we were paying before. Uh, It's just an example that when you, when you listen to God and you, and you know, you're not stubborn about it, like I was, and you say, no, 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 no. Then he brings these events on and you say, um, okay, maybe I ought to, maybe I ought to think about, you know, leaving. And as much as I don't want to, uh, boy, what God has planned for you is something that's absolutely and totally amazing. And I'm living proof of it, folks. And there's many, many other different examples in my life where God has done this. And I know he's done it to you. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I look at Jacob, did not want to leave where he was at. Right. Yet there was a land of Goshen, truly, anything and everything they could have possibly wanted without any possibility of lack, literally the choice land of the landowners. Right. Uh, and yet, man, he didn't want to go. He sent his sons, go, just go bring food back. That's all we, all I need is something to eat today. Mm-hmm. No, God says, I have, I know the plans that I have for you. And in fact, you know, when we were talking and we were talking about Romans eight twenty eight, all things mm-hmm. working together, he went on to say, and it really ties into really nicely for, he, for whom he uh, the, foreknew the golden chain. Yeah. He also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Mm-hmm. That is what we're all, all believers in Christ, wherever we are, are being conformed by the spirit as, as from the direct uh, command of God to be in the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren for whom he predestined. These he called, whom he called, he also justified, whom he justified, he also glorified. And that's part of the issue. We're in the, we've been justified and we're in the process of being conformed into the image so that our glorification right. will be, in, it's inevitable. Yes. We cannot escape this. And that's what, you know, and he goes on to say, what shall we say to these things is God is for us. Who can be against right. us? And right. again, this is part of the good news that we're given is yes, Tough things happen in the world. Mm-hmm. Bad things happen to good people. Painful things, loss, all occur, but they are not occurring randomly. They're not occurring that God has not gone to the phone figuring out how to fix things up because somebody messed it up. Right. No, everything is working together like pieces in a puzzle that are intricately joined together, and each piece has to be put in at its proper time. Made me think of uh, Alice in Wonderland. Oh yeah, <laughs> that came out of nowhere. Um, the Chassire Cat, yeah, or uh, Alice is is coming to the 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 fork in the road, if you will, mm-hmm. and he's asking her which way do you want to go. She says, "Well, I don't know," and he says, "Well, then it really doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter, right? It really doesn't matter." Listen, um, we always want to be prayerful, mm-hmm. uh, uh, God, that you would lead us and that you would you would you would take us in the path that you want us to go, and that right. we. You know, the the fact of the matter is, is you're going to do that. But when you're prayerful about it, the blessings just continue to overwhelm you in in that direction of where he's taking you. Ultimately, yes, sometimes refining, sometimes, you know, it's like silver going into to uh, to the furnace to be refined. It has to sometimes go seven times 
In fact, it does have to go seven times to take the impurities off of the of the silver. But when, by the time you've put that thing in there for the seventh time and you pull that silver out, you're looking at an absolute mirror. And uh, it's that way with our lives as well, isn't it, Pat? That's exa- well, th- this is part of the problem. Many people, you know, Jesus is offered to many people in a lot of different ways. Some people want uh, a Jesus that loves them and that will give them good things right. and will take care of them and make them healthy and happy and wealthy and wise and and smooth out life's rough edges. But And then when they realize that's not his plan, they say, wait a minute. That's yeah. not the Jesus I was hoping to find here. Right. And again, that's, you know, there's one seed, but there's four soils. And Jesus reminds us that we are all one of those four soils. And hopefully that uh, we are part of the soil that will produce, yeah. you know, 100, 30, 60, 30. Uh, but the other three soils were useless. They all, sh- two of them showed great promise, right? but they got choked out or burned out. And then some were just too hard. Right. And so, again, we come to remind people that God has a specific plan and a purpose for every human life that has ever lived on this planet. And you have to, when we talk about trust, Mm -hmm. you trust this. How do you trust anything? God has given you the ability to trust. You know, faith is a gift. It can't be bought or also sold. also discernment is a gift. And you know what? And we learn discernment. Yes. And women, usually painfully. <laughs> painfully. Well, pay, more painfully for men, but yeah. women women use it as a security mechanism. Yeah. And they learn it much quicker than men do. Mm-hmm. We have it. We just tend not to use it, right? But um, hey, so we've got maybe four or five minutes before we yeah. before we need to close. Um, you, I know you had some great examples. Can you you want to pull a couple of them up that you want to that you wanted to bring up? Well, you know, you know, as we're closing up, and and one of the things there's a word that's used a lot, or I shouldn't say a lot, but it's used enough to make us take notice. It is decreed, mm-hmm. a decree. He's I he and I'm looking. I uh, this is Psalm one forty eight six. He also established them forever and ever. He made a decree which shall not pass away. Right. There is nothing that can steal your, you have been saved by grace through faith in Christ. Uh, I was, we were just reading this morning in Acts uh, chapter eight and where uh, John and uh, Peter were sent down to Joppa and they were summoned and they found a man there who had been paralyzed for eight years. Mm -hmm. And in a single moment, he said, get up and walk. And as a result of that, the entire town, believed mm-hmm. and uh there was a a, a woman Dorcas, who would fabulous woman did much for people in the town dead yeah. washed and on her in her wake and was raised by peter and then presented to the town and the entire town sometimes what we have to endure isn't for us right it is for other people it's true and we have to, that is why we learn to trust that even so, Job said, though he slay me, I will still follow. Absolutely. You are where you are because God puts you where you are because this is where you need to be right now. And it's the same for us. Mm-hmm. Every experience is part of God's divine plan. You are in it. Rest in it and make it a great week. This is the God Family and Country Radio Show Plus. 
Myself, Pastor Kurt, Pat Coyle with me. God bless you. We pray to be with you again this next week. Like the flick of a switch. Oh, my mama told me there'll be days like this. One, you don't need to worry.